Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hey everyone, Matt Straub here, welcoming you to another season of fantasy basketball and the 2022 Roto World Draft Show. Over the next 90 minutes or so, we have a 12-team, nine-category expert fantasy draft coming your way. Those experts will be here to draft momentarily. But first, with the basketball season almost here, I wanted to remind you, you can get a jump start on your draft with the Roto World Fantasy Draft Guide. Get player profiles, expert rankings, mock drafts, and more. Use code HOOPS5 at checkout and get yours for just $5. Go to NBCSportsEdge.com slash Edge Plus today. Now, before this draft gets underway, let's take a look at the draft order and our participants. Leading off will be Jonas Nader from Roto World, then NBC Sports lead betting analyst Jay Croucher. Natalie Eady from the All Nat podcast is third. From, from Roto World, Dr. A, Steve Alexander, Kurt Heelan from NBCSports.com, and Jared Johnson are four through six. Then we've got Dan Titus from Yahoo, basketball monsters Josh Lloyd, and Noah Rubin. Then our last three drafters, Roto World's Raphael Johnson, Drew Dinkmeyer from Establish the Run, and Dan Bresbris from Sports Ethos. Now, this is going to be a nine-category head-to-head league, a format a lot of fantasy managers are familiar with. Of course, that's field goal percentage, free throw percentage, points, threes, rebounds, assists, steals, blocks, and turnovers. That's the lay of the land here. Now we welcome in our first group. It's Noah Rubin, Natalie Eady, and Dr. A. Uh, guys, I know uh, Dr. A is hoping beyond hope that he's going to get a certain player. Uh, fourth, I believe you are, Steve. Uh, well, we're not even going to say that name. Uh, Nat, do you have a player you're targeting at number three? I, I don't think Jonas and uh, Jay are listening. I think we can talk openly here. <laughs> I do. Okay. <laughs> are you going to okay. really force me to reveal it? No, no, no. No, no, no. I just want to know. I just want to know. Uh, I do. Well, welcome. We're glad to have you here. Your first time on this draft show. Uh, yeah. Noah, how are you feeling heading into this one? I'm excited. I like drafting in the back half a lot better because I think that there's less pressure for that first few picks. You can mm. just kind of see who falls to you and getting... Steve, I've never seen yeah. you so focused, so determined. Your game face is on. You look ready. Well, I'm glad Rosenworcel isn't here this year in front of me to take all my guys. So, Are you nervous? You're fourth. We, we no, know what you want. No, I'm not nervous at all. I've never felt better, Matt. <laughs> never felt better. Well, we are about uh, a few seconds from starting this draft. It's going to be Jonas leading off, uh, followed by Jay Croucher, as I said, and then Nat will get our group started with the third pick here. And as we see, no shock there, Nikola Jokic, the first pick. Uh, we'll see who Jay picks, but but Nat, you're about to be on the clock here, so uh, get ready to talk us talk us through what you're thinking here. I'm gonna go with the player who definitely would be like a top pick, but probably not who some people would take it third. But I'm going for it. Okay, love it. Let's see. Yeah. So Giannis went second, and uh, we're gonna see who you pick here momentarily. Okay. Uh, the anticipation, the anticipation <laughs> is, is is overwhelming me here. Okay, so it's Steph Curry number three, and I mean, look. Frankly, maybe earlier than he will go in some drafts, but but a guy who easily has top three finish in his range of outcomes. So 
uh, I love it. You want to tell us uh, your reasoning behind that one as Steve gets ready to pick? Sure. If it's not evident from the night night shirt that I'm wearing. <laughs> there you go. There you go. <laughs> but no, I like to start my teams with my point guard who's going to be running and leading the team. And so in my opinion, the way to go still there is Stephen Curry, though. I know some people might be looking at Luca or someone else, but I'm going with Steph. Funny that you mentioned that because that puts funny on the clock. Funny that you mentioned that. No, I like Natalie's thought process because I catch a lot of heat for drafting the guys I like and a little bit ahead of, of when maybe I should. And if you like Steph Curry and you want to go draft him at third, do it. Um, you know, fancy sports is supposed to be fun. And Luke is my guy. I, I can't believe he fell to fourth. I think this is the first league I've drafted in where he has not gone first or second, but maybe that's because I'm in all of those leagues, but uh, pretty psyched to get, to get Luca right there. Noah, do you find yourself able to talk yourself into Luca as a top five pick? Do you have any hesitations? Cause I think, you know, we know what the questions are around him as a fantasy player. It's the high volume, shaky free throw shooting and the super high turnovers, probably really the free throw shooting more than anything. And this is a guy who was, you know, in the top twenties, more than the top five in nine category leagues. So any concerns for you there? Not at all. I think I may have had some concerns, but over the past probably month or so, Doc has talked me out of all of them uh, <laughs> yeah. pretty indirectly just between his tweets or his podcast appearances. I think Luca's incredible. You just have to kind of go in with the mindset, hey, I'm drafting and I'm not caring about free throws or turnovers because Luca's going to kind of tank those. But he's definitely going to be an MVP candidate. He's one of the best fantasy assets in seven categories. So, Sure, sure. Um, so we see Joel Embiid go fifth overall. That puts us at with Jared Johnson on the clock. And then you are, let's see, what, we're three picks away from you, Noah? Yes, after this one, or I guess something like that. But we'll have to just see who's there. I mean, So Harden but, goes six. Harden goes six. It, a little bit, maybe a little bit of a surprise, Steve, there, seeing Harden go six. Dude, Jared, like p- people say that I make uh, interesting picks and I'm always doing weird stuff. I mean, Jared and I are pretty much very opposite drafters. And, you know, he he cannot stand a guy that everybody else at Roto World loves, Pokashevsky. Like, like um, Jared is sort of like the anti-establishment at Roto World. Nat, I saw you nodding when I was talking about Harden there. Are you... Uh... Were you surprised by that one to see him go sixth overall? I mean, he's a first-round guy probably, but I, I just wasn't quite expecting him to see him go sixth here. Very surprised. I feel like with the season he had last year, we don't know if he's going to be coming back healthy. I I mean, look, you're going to rack up a lot of points probably because of his assists, but I probably wouldn't have gone with Harden so early. So Harden six, KD seventh. That's even slightly further than I've seen Durant falling in some drafts. So that's going to put Josh Lloyd from Basketball Monster on the clock at pick number eight. And then we'll have you up, Noah, to make your first pick of this draft. Uh, what are, what, what's the room's thoughts on KD, the risk versus reward thing? Nat, I'll come back your way. D- do you worry about the durability? I mean, how, how can you not, I guess, in one sense when it comes to Durant? I guess, but I'd argue, I mean, he was a little bit more, um, I guess, a little less durable in the past season, but I'd argue even a guy like Giannis hasn't actually demonstrated that he's going to play all 82 games. I mean, more than KD, but I think durability is a question with a lot of these guys, Steph included. So I'm still taking a KD and I'm not like known to be the biggest KD fan, but I think seven (laughs) is even low for him. (laughs) 
Still some residual, some residual fallout uh, from Warriors fandom, it sounds like. Uh, Noah, LaMelo Ball went eighth, and you're on the clock, sir. What's yeah, I, uh, I had two guys I was targeting once I saw the picks unfolded. LaMelo was one of them, so that makes my decision easy. I'm going to take Roto World's hero. I'm going to take Tyrese Halliburton. Uh, oh, wow. probably, in my opinion, set up to average 20 and 10 and lead the league in assists. Okay, so I, I think some may who who maybe are just getting started on their research may need a little more of a sales pitch on Halliburton than that. You, you got it started, 20 and 10. You know, g- Give us a little more there on, in terms of why he's a first-rounder to you. I, in my opinion, just assists. You don't have a ton of guys in the league that are averaging 10 assists anymore, and he's a guy that definitely will. I don't remember the exact numbers off the top of my head, but after the trade to Indiana last season, he stepped in with a bunch of guys that he had never played basketball with before and almost averaged 20 and 10. So I think having a, an off season to work with the guys and work with the coaching staff is going to help him a lot, and he's going to have a huge season. He's also got the good player on a bad team factor going to, like, George Gervin in the seventies, you know, just out there doing everything by himself. George Gervin. We have a George Gervin mention. All right, let's check in on the rest of the results here that we've had taking place since that Halliburton pick. As I pull it up, looks like it went. Carl Anthony Towns tenth. Jason Tatum eleventh. As we head toward the number twelve pick, why? Why is Carl Anthony Towns? going 10th nat can you can you i I know he's playing with rudy gobert now i know he just had a non-covid illness i mean i I still don't quite understand it still feels like that's a bargain yeah i cat is i think if he's paired with the you know with the right players he's a really good pick i just think people have a thing against cat i don't know why that is um well i do know why it is but i I (laughs) i i think that's a really good pick all right, so Tatum 11, as I said, Trey Young 12th to Dan Besbris, who also takes Damian Lillard. So uh, Dan's squad is in great shape as far as point guards go. We're coming back into round two now. Uh, Steve, I got to say, you know, we've talked about this a little bit this summer. Damian Lillard just seems like a first round pick who you can get in the second round, which is always nice. Well, and I, I feel like Carl Anthony Towns is also that now nowadays too. I mean, it's the second draft in a row. I've seen him go in the, go late. Uh, mm-hmm. Damien Lord, you know, the, some of the the Portland beat writers um, the other night when I was on Twitter, they're they're like, this is Damien Lillard's revenge tour. Like he's he's out for blood, and uh, I think he's going to have an awesome year. And I, I I mean, if you took Damien Lillard seventh, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be shocked or upset with it. Yeah, I mean, you got to love it at 13. Meanwhile, Anthony Davis, a guy who has averaged 49 games played the last four seasons, goes 14th. Obviously, a huge risk-reward situation there, Noah. Is that a pick you will find yourself making in the second round of drafts? Maybe in the later second round, I think that the games played is definitely a concern. I know we talked about this last week. It's, I think he'll have a bounce-back season when he plays, but I think that they're going to be focused on the playoffs. He's going to rest a lot, a lot of back-to-backs. He'll just miss. I don't know if it's somebody I'd take in the second round that early in the second round, especially mm-hmm. when I know it's my turn now. So if you don't mind. Yeah, I'm yeah, gonna, I'm making you talk about another yeah, player while you're perfect. trying to draft a different No, player. you're good. It just leads into me talking about the guy whose jersey's right behind me. So I'm really excited to be able to get 
uh, Anthony Edwards. I think oh. this might be uh, Zach Hanshu's favorite combo is to go Tyrese Halliburton in the first, Anthony Edwards in the second. So I'm just following suit. I think he's about to have a breakout season. Um, and if you saw in the preseason game last night, he looked incredibly dominant. Like he looked like he's just out for blood and is going to potentially lead that team in scoring. Now, what do you think we're going to see from Anthony Edwards this season? What are your expectations? Yeah, I think Ant is going to take a, a leap this year. I expect he's sort of like the leader of his team anyway, um, more so than Cat. So, yeah, I think shooting percentage gets better. Um, you'll see like some more efficiency, just a smarter, higher IQ player. Mm-hmm. Well, so, Steve, there's there's a, a very interesting pick from Josh Lloyd, uh, Kyrie Irving 17th. Obviously, we know that Kyrie is a first round caliber player on a per game basis. We also know that he, in recent years, has missed a lot of games. Steve, is there a universe where you would draft Kyrie anywhere in the second round? I think I know I would, the answer to this, actually. I, I would actually consider it. I feel like the last year's Nets got it all out of their system. Like, there's no way that they have the, that kind of dysfunction this year. And and I feel like everybody's on the same page. They say that training camp feels night and day different from last year. I feel like, you know, COVID's sort of gone and, and Kyrie's allowed to play. So everything's everything's different now. And I, I think, you know, we saw the games that Kyrie was out there last year. He absolutely went nuts and he single-handedly beat my fantasy team in, in one night, in one game uh, oh, yeah. with, with Ryan. So, Noah, we just saw Devin Booker go 18th there. Is that going to be a target for you in the second round? And if so, why? Again, like AD, probably later second round. I don't think this is a bad spot to take him. But me personally, I think I'm probably fading the Suns in general kind of this season. I don't. The amount of dysfunction that organization has seen over the past four or five months is something that I'm just going to try and steer clear of a little bit. I mean, it started with DeAndre Ayton, Monty Williams in the playoffs. And even more recently, they lost the preseason game to an, a team that's not even in the NBA. Uh, I just think it's a lot of dysfunction that I'm probably going to try and stay away from if I can. So Fred Van Vliet Ooh. goes 19th to Jared. LeBron James goes to Kurt Heelan. Maybe not a surprise. Uh, no, are you shaking your head there? Is that, is that? I just realized LeBron fell that far. I think that's why I was kind of surprised. Yeah. Yeah, that's a potentially great value. And then we've got Steve, you're on the clock. So what are you thinking here in the second round? Pick I just realized that LeBron James is 47 years old and just got drafted in the second round. I, I, I can't. That one I cannot. Yeah, I'm not drafting guys over the age of 27 if I can help it. That's that's my whole thing. So, uh, Matt, we talked about on the pregame show the ideal pairing for Luca. Ah, uh, yes, right? we did. And yes, we did. I I swore up and down it was a guy that Jared loves more than I do, but it's John ja Morant, and that's who I got to go with. You have to. So, John ja Morant, 21st, and of course, the reason you're saying that is you know you pair another guy who i guess you could say in, in a fantasy league has some of the same deficiencies as you know luca does slightly shaky free throws and a lot of turnovers and just two crazy good point guards <laughs> so now you're now on the clock with your second pick it's pick 22 three picks remaining in the second round what's the plan here yeah um i know who <laughs> i'm going to pick okay so let me go ahead and do that now but i'm also going to go with i think another Maybe unsus- unsuspecting pick. Okay, I'm surprised like that he's available, but I think I also know why he's available. But if he pans out, I think a great pick for me. So it's Kawhi Leonard, whose ADP on Yahoo is 26. You took him 22nd. So 
by no means a reach. And by the way, his teammate, Paul George, goes right after him. But I guess give us your sales pitch on Kawhi and why, you know, uh, why you're excited about him. I mean, we know the risk, obviously. He's coming back from the ACL. But uh, yeah, give us your sales pitch. Yeah, I tend to presume players of that caliber are still going to be incredibly great players um, Mm -hmm. or very good players right? uh, when they come back. And it's his health that's always the issue. But if he can maintain, then I I like the pick. I think percentage, great, just solid all around in most categories. I mean, outside of assists, it's a solid pick for your stat categories. Yeah, and and when we last saw him, he was in the middle of a playoff run where he's averaging over 30 points per game. So probably a lot left in the tank. And by the way, after Paul George, we saw Darius Garland and Evan Mobley. Two calves go at the turn, followed by Bam Adebayo, 26. And that puts you back on the clock again, Nat. Round three, our last round together, guys. Uh, what's it going to be, Nat? Oh, my gosh. By the way, the, 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 the Mobley yeah, it happened Bam. Fast. It happened fast. The Mobley Bam oh back-to-back killed me. Same. Oh, you better hurry. 15 seconds. Shoot. This is the perils of the of me making you talk. <laughs> oh my God. I'm not, I'm so not ready. Oh my God. Oh my God. Okay. I don't know. Who's at the top of your queue right now? You got it in. Oh, Pascal Siakam. <laughs> I have Pascal Siakam. Hey, listen, listen. As panics pick go, I abs panic picks go. I absolutely love that one. You you I, I love I really do love that pick. I th- I think <laughs> That's a smash pick in the third round, honestly. So great, great panic pick, in my opinion. Smash pick. Uh, <laughs> I'll tell you what, Matt. When when Bam and Evan Mobley went back to back, I was like, man, I wanted one of those guys. But yeah, I'm going with Rudy Gobert, and with his big man stats and his defense paired with Luca and Ja, that seems like a and the free throw percent, the free throw. You got punt, a nice free throw punt going. It nice all works beautifully. It's all really coming together. It's Steve. all really coming together. The plan is coming together. I will say, Jonas taking Evan Mobley there, that's you know 15 picks ahead of ADP. It doesn't seem like anyone in the draft room has an issue with it. And obviously, Jonas being at the turn there had to kind of take him there. He certainly wasn't going to get him. So, I mean, sometimes when you're at the turn, you put you find yourself facing tough decisions, Noah. Hey, now, now yeah. you don't pick for 10 more minutes, just FYI. <laughs> Go ahead, Noah. Yeah, you can yeah. take a breather. Mobley was in my queue. I I mean, you guys know, I think Doc mentioned he's not going to take anybody that's over 28. I'm obviously not looking for anybody that's over 22. So mm-hmm. Mobley was definitely a guy I was looking at. Um, and I think it's a great pick. It, maybe it looks like a reach, but I'm all for reaching especially for those second-year guys that are, I think, going to take a huge jump. All right, so after Steve took Gobert 28th, we had DeMontis Sabonis go 29th. Jarrett Allen went 30th. Is that three Cavs in the top 30? And we haven't even seen Donovan Mitchell go mm-hmm. yet. So a major, major run on Cavs here. I'm going to I'm gonna go around the room, guys, because we have just a few picks left before we're, we're out of here uh, and on to the next groups. And so I want to ask you about your teams. It's, only, it's three rounds. We're a quarter of the way through the draft. Uh, Nat, first, how are you feeling about your squad so far? I like my spot, my squad, despite the panic pick, um, but <laughs> I need some more shooting. <laughs> okay. um, so I'm going to focus on like my guard and my big. But yeah, I like my squad. Okay, so it's it's Steph, it's Kawhi, it's Siakam. That's a, that's a fun top three. Uh, Steve, since Noah's about to pick, we'll hear from you. Quick impressions of your squad, Luca, Ja, and Gobert. 
I mean, I, I don't really know what to say, Matt. I mean, it's, it's, I couldn't, I, I kind of, I kind of wish I had Bam instead of Gobert, but then again, on the other, looking back on it, maybe Gobert's the better, the better guy to have with this team. So I'm pretty psyched about it. Uh, to be honest, I, I'm interested to see how Gobert and Cat play together. That's, that's probably my biggest question. All right, Noah, that leads us to you as you now simultaneously attempt to make a draft pick and tell us how you feel about your team. <laughs> Matt, I think that uh, I'm just going to go ahead and make the pick. It's gonna, it's exactly what I wanted. Clearly, I mean, if you're looking oh, behind it me, it's the other jersey I have right in the middle uh, is getting Scotty Barnes to pair with Anthony Edwards. I think, Matt, you probably could have told everyone that I was going to take him in the third round. Um, I'm a huge Scotty Barnes fan. I think he's set up to really kind of take over as – honestly, like a, a premier ball handler uh, for the Raptors this season. They've talked about him playing point guard. I think he's about to have a big jump, like a lot of the other second-year guys. Mobley and Cunningham were also in my queue, but I'll, I'll settle for Scotty. By the way, in an astonishing development, Jimmy Butler's uh, hair has been updated on the Yahoo headshot. <laughs> he's got his long hair, which I absolutely love. That that may move him up on my draft board, honestly. Um, Does it move him back down if you knew that he already took it out? I just know that that photo is moving him on my draft board. AD has got some sweet long hair right now too. So interesting. You know, we saw last, last year's rookies are going early. That's just a trend guys. Um, Evan Mobley, 25th, Kate Cunningham, 31st, Scotty Barnes, 33rd, Chris Paul now goes 35th after Jimmy Butler. And uh, we're approaching the end of round three guys. Uh, This has been great guys. Uh, Great job, everyone. Uh, anything? Look, Steve, Noah, I see you guys all the time. Nat, anything you want to mention? Anything anywhere people can find you or listen to? Anything like that on the way out? Oh, yeah, sure. It's pretty easy to find my podcast. It's all Nat Pod. It's sort of like a spin on all net. I hope that makes sense to people. And then, <laughs> yeah, and then I do like a lot of spaces um, on Twitter. Um, I host one for Buzzer and like some other places. So Natfluential on Twitter, you can find me and you'll always be able to figure out from there where you can find any of my content. Okay. Well, guys, it's been a lot of fun. Nat, Steve, Noah, appreciate it, guys. Uh, keep drafting. Don't leave. We need you to continue making picks. But we're going to bring in our next group of experts now momentarily. They are coming in. It's Jay Croucher from NBC Sports. It's Jared Johnson from Roto World, and it's Dan Titus from Yahoo. Guys, welcome. Dan, glad to have you here. I think this is your first one of these shows, correct? Yeah, it is, Ryan. Thanks for having me, man. Uh, really excited. Loving my uh, picks through the first three rounds here. Okay, yeah. So so talk us through uh, you know, how you're feeling about the squad. What, what, are, you, what are you most happy with here? Uh, I think I'm most happy with Kevin Durant falling to number seven. You know, I was looking at Jason Tatum there, uh, potentially reaching for Tyrese Halliburton because I knew I wasn't going to get him on the turn with how quickly he's been rising up draft boards. But um, and then for Devin Booker to fall, um, he's a guy that I think is actually going to have a really good season here. Um, You know, Chris Paul is another year older. I know there's some internal turmoil, but I I still feel really good about his prospects coming into the season. And then to get Cade Cunningham in the third, I was very pleased with that. I think he's going to have a great season in in year two. They loaded up around him. Um, Jaden Ivey looks really good. Jalen Dern's a rim runner that he can actually lob something to. So I'm really excited about the way this team is is shaping up, but I really need a big here. So uh, we'll see what the the board, uh, what comes to me on the board here. 
Okay, Jared, you're a guy who tends to wear uh, his emotions on his sleeve, I think it's fair to say. What, <laughs> what has made you the most upset so far? Is, is there a pick in particular that's made you angry? Have you been yelling off, off mic? <laughs> not yet, but uh, Raphael just uh, stealing um, Zion right there. I was not pleased. I almost got him three picks away. But at the same time, he doesn't really make sense for my team. Um, but I still wanted him. I think he's going to be incredible. Uh, this is a man who can just absolutely dominate field goal percentage for you. I think that he could average close to 30 points a game. Uh, if those college D stats ever come back, that would be incredible. But uh, my pick's about to come up. Oh, my God. And all of the bigs are going. So, uh, yeah, that's going to be a trend this year. There's just slim pickings on the bigs. And um, so, yeah, I don't, so I don't Dan... Know. Dan and Jared, you guys are both about to pick. We'll come back to that in a second. But Jay, you went Giannis two. You came back with Paul George, and then Bam out of bio uh, with your third pick. How are you feeling about uh, about that top three? Are you happy with it? Yeah, pretty happy with it. Uh, I think Bam was the one who gave me the most angst uh, versus others on the board. But I just think that Bam has. He has a fair bit of offensive upside, I think, still to untap. Like we saw in the playoffs, that Miami team, like it was Jimmy Butler wearing a cape or it was kind of nothing. Uh, And I think there's going to be a lot of just impetus for Bam to do more offensively, to get him back into passing the ball a bit more. Um, Kyle Lowry uh, hurts that a little bit. But, I mean, Bam's taking pull-up threes um, at the moment in preseason. So I think there is scope for his role to expand and – He's always going to give you the boards, the field goal percentage. Uh, he's going to throw in some blocks. So never as many blocks as you'd like because he switches so much. But um, still there's a lot to like about Ben. Yeah, and I mean, last year we saw his assist dip into the mid-threes per game from, I believe, being above five the year before. So just imagine uh, if he if he gets those back up. Yeah, I think the problem is, is that so many of those assists are just handing off to Duncan Robinson going around yeah. screens and Tyler Hero as well. And just there's not as much of that in the offense because Kyle Lowry is now there to to play point guard as opposed to Bam from the mid post as much. But I still do think that he is a guy who can get into the low 20s in scoring. Like I, I think he's topped out at 19 per game. I think he's got a little bit of room there. Uh, I always go back with Bam to game six in the bubble against the Celtics where he just annihilated Daniel Tice and just basically <laughs> won that game by himself with his scoring. Just, uh, just beating his man off the triple, and he's just the biggest, strongest guy on the court. So, always harking back to that game. I don't think you can translate it to a full season, but I think he does have a bit more offensive production in him. Yeah, for sure. Well, we, we had a mini run on Wizards here. Uh, Dan, you took Porzingis. Jared followed that up. Stole Porzingis. <laughs> What's that? Stole Porzingis. I needed okay. a pick. I was trying to take him. I mean, once uh, Vucevic left, it was like, oh, man, who do I have left here? And that's I, who I, I had like in my queue. Yeah. <laughs> we had the same thought. I'm just glad I got one of them. <laughs> yeah. so, so is that the spot where, you, I mean, Porzingis, we know he's, you know, a top 20 kind of fantasy guy when he's healthy, but, you know, maybe even more so than some of the other guys we talk about who are injury risk. Uh, You're taking Jaylen on even Brown, more of that. Come on. <laughs> what? Jalen Brown. Just had Jalen Brown snug from me. Just when you kind of get so, your mind set. So, Jay, you're about to ask a couple. We'll hear from you in a second, Jay, on your picks. But, Dan, is that is that kind of the range for you with Porzingis where you feel like the risk-reward lines up? 
It really is. Um, you know, Porzingis on a per game basis was, you know, second round value last season. Yeah. And obviously he carries the injury risk. But for what you're getting out of a big man that can shoot threes, block shots, um, playing alongside, you know, Bradley Beal, I think there's going to be a really good opportunity for him to flourish if he can actually stay healthy. And I think he looked really good for the Wizards in that role last year. So um, I'm excited to get him in the fifth round. But, you know, at this point, poof, it's it's slim pickings for those big men. <laughs> Jay, yeah, how are you at talking and drafting? You took DeAndre Ayton just now. Uh, yeah, so just, I guess not the, so good. In the, in, the la- in the last group, I made Nat talk during this turn, and then she almost missed her pick. How are you feeling about talking and preparing your next pick? Is it ready? I love I love talking and drafting. Yeah, no, I'm ready. I've got a couple <laughs> guys on the agenda. I took Ayton okay. there. I didn't want to take Ayton there, but I do think that he has the most value. I think that... Chris Paul is just going to play less than he did last year. And Uh if you're looking for like different aspects of that Phoenix offense, like it kind of has to be DeAndre Ayton. Uh, And now I'm left with needing some wings and I'm looking at people think Tyrese Maxey is going to have a big season. I just don't think next to Harden and Embiid and Tobias Harris, we're still going to want want shots that Maxey really has a path to 23 a game, which is what you'd kind of want if you're looking for upside because Mm – He's not going to give you too many other stats. So looking at Mikhail Bridges, OG Ananobi, I'm just going to take, I'm just going to take the Rosen and uh, do it through gritted teeth. It's not a very fun <laughs> play to draft a Mata Rosen. I don't think, reason. I think that's amazing value. You're getting him at round five. Yeah. 50. I, I mean, he's essentially guaranteed to outperform that ADP. I mean, what do we think? Like, unless he gets an injury, which he hasn't really had throughout his yeah. career, that's an incredible pick. That's I almost picked him with my last one. So, yep. Dan, I think I saw you groan there, not not audibly. Did what, did one of those picks set you off? Was one of the one of the Jonas picks back there? Oh yeah, it was Alper and Singoon. I, I wanted I wanted him because I think with the type of players that I have in my roster build right now, I'm going to have a turnover problem. So I'm pretty much punting turnovers, and mm-hmm. I think Singoon would have would have married really well with his blocking upside. His assists, you know, he's just gonna really, he's gonna be a really dynamic big man for the Houston Rockets. So, yeah, that one, uh, that one definitely hurt. That one hurt a lot. Every draft has someone who's gonna take young players very aggressively. In this draft, that is Jonas Nader. It appears he took <laughs> Shangun, forty uh, ninth ADP of seventy. So we'll talk to him about that when he arrives. But we have Jared. You're back on the clock after taking Beal in round four. So what's it gonna be in round five? Don't do it, Jared. Don't do it. Uh, I mean, I just keep getting stuck with Christian Wood, but it's like the bigs are not there. Do I want Christian Wood or do I want Nurkic? Eh, neither, really. But neither feels um, great, does it? <laughs> I'm trying to see what I can do here. Let's see. Round five. I think I'm gonna take a risk and and see if a big comes back to me. And um, yeah, I think that OG is gonna have a good season. I think that he might be able to finally stay healthy. He's an elite source of defensive statistics. Uh, he would looked great in flashes last season. It's just mm-hmm. a matter of him being able to stay on the court. But I like that pick. Dan, was that the guy when you said don't do it? No, no. That that what I like OG Ananobi. Um, I, I did have him last year, so he was a bit frustrating at times. And I think I the emergence too. of Scotty Barnes <laughs> might certainly uh, impact his his statistics. But he's a fine player there, man. This is just making me pivot, though. Uh, all right, I feel pretty good about that last pick, but I'm I really need to focus on some steals Oof. and blocks here. Okay, so Oof. it's it's Josh Giddy, uh, Jay. What are your thoughts on the young ascending point guard heading into year two? 
yeah, I'm all in giddy. I was hoping, I mean, it was optimistic. I was hoping he would fall to me in about, yeah, 10, 15 picks. It was probably never going to happen. I think Giddy is an outside chance to like flirt with the lead league and assists, honestly. Yeah. Like I think that he's a guy, like if it all breaks right, he could average 10 assists per game, particularly given Shea's going to miss a bit of time and there's just no one else on that right. team outside of Shea and Giddy and then whatever uh, possessions they give to the great Lou Dort. Um, <laughs> so I think that Giddy, I think Giddy has a path to average Sixteen, eight, and eight, like pretty conceivably, mm-hmm. uh, and I think that yeah, he has a huge upside, and it's not going to be empty stats either. Like he's going to be plus plus three potentially EPM type of guy. So I think that Josh Giddy is uh, yeah someone to definitely invest in. Uh, biased, obviously, because my accent, but um, but yeah, I like <laughs> Josh Giddy a lot. I mean, we we already saw a near triple double from him uh, this preseason. Dan, do you worry about how much do you worry about when it comes to the Thunder, the, the that you know elephant in the room, which is the shutdown risk for these guys, including Giddy? Yeah, it's it's definitely something you always have to consider. But you know, as as Jay pointed out, I think the injury to Shea Gilgis Alexander only elevates his value right now. And you know, this is a very long season, so you know, I think he's only going to build up more trade value as the season wears on. And you see these kind of crazy counting stats that he's going to accumulate right. over the course of the season. So yeah, this is a guy that I I'm very happy to have. And it, the one thing that was the knock on him last year was his shooting and, you know, made both of his three point attempts in the first preseason game, not a lot of volume, but I, I think he made a, con- a concerted effort to work on that part of his game. So I'm, yeah, I'm really excited about him heading into this season. Well, and it's not like his shooting was horrific, right? I mean, I think he was like 42% or something like that as about a 14-year-old. So, I mean, you know, there's there's reason for optimism there. Um, So we just saw after Giddy, Jalen Brunson, 56, Tyrese Maxey, 57, Mikael Bridges, who Jay had been looking at, 58, Chris Middleton, 59th, Keldon Johnson, 60th. Jay, which of those guys that that last round, you know, that last volley of like five guys or so, are you most intrigued by? I think Keldon Johnson is interesting. It's a shame that he's injured uh, at the moment, but I mean, he's the type of guy where you watch him up close and you just think that I mean, he's just he's so built, he's so strong, and he's talented and skillful. And you know, he is a guy who I think if he was on a slightly better team, but was still getting usage, like that, he could be a most improved player candidate. But just that award just doesn't go to players on really bad teams, which the Spurs are going to be a really bad team. Yeah. Uh, so Kelvin Johnson's interesting just because, you know, he has, I don't think it's going to happen, but he has scope to average, you know, 24 points per game in the league um, just with his skill and, and the amount of usage he's going to get because, yeah, outside of him and Devin Vassell, like there's just really not much in San Antonio. I thought it was interesting that Keldon Johnson, who's injured, went before Devin Vassell. Um, I think in Keldon Johnson, I think the my worry is, can he do anything besides score and give you triples? Uh, his stat set's very limited, so that is really a negative in fantasy hoops. All right, so now one of yeah, another just massive Oof, risk, MPJ risk, risk reward guy. That's the guy I want to talk about next. Sixty uh, second. MPJ uh, goes to Drew. Dan, are you finding yourself trying to get MPJ on your rosters in the uh, six, seven range, six, seventh round range? Definitely. I, I think he's worth it. You know, I think there's, he certainly comes with some injury risk, but um, all indications are in the off seasons that he's healthy. He wants to play as the amount of game, the most amount of games that he can. 
And, you know, I think Jokic, as much of a fantasy god he was over the last couple of seasons, <laughs> I think he's going to need some help. So getting yeah. Jamal Murray and, and Michael Porter Jr. back to kind of help there will only uh, uh, bode well for him. Um, I think he's going to get a lot of easy looks. He's already taking tough jump shots, getting yelled at by Michael Malone, but I think he'll, he'll get around <laughs> that. And uh, he's going to be a really good value for fantasy managers this season, uh, assuming he can stay healthy. I think he's going to be closer to um, the 2020-2021 season than he was last year in nine games. Yeah, just All on right, that, so- MPJ, the second yeah. half Oof. of that season, 2020-21. I mean, yeah. a post-All-Star break, he was uh, 22 points per game, seven and a half yeah. rebounds, 68% true shooting. Um, which is just absurd. Like he has such a high ceiling. Yeah. And I think for that season shot, like 54% from the floor or something like that. I mean, get you close to a steal and a block a game. I mean, back injuries. Oh my Titus. (laughs) Titus. All right. What are we doing so you here? Just, I had to you do just, it. What are we doing here, man? Come on, now. I was so you excited. You had me on the clock, too. I was talking. Oh. I, I build Jared. Jared, oh, thank you. I, I build you as a guy who will tend to get upset at draft picks. We finally saw it in our last round. Jakob Pertl to Dan Titus. I wanted Jared that one. He's upset. I am upset. I thought, I mean... Oh, God, I can't believe you just took it from me. I thought this is excellent range for Pirtle. He kind of gets slept on. He's not like super exciting, but with the amount of the lack of shot blocking centers this season, healthy shot blocking mm-hmm. centers, um, that I'm out of. I, I that was a pickup that I wanted, good sir. So congrats. Uh, I'll go with uh, this guy because I'm flustered. Jamal right. Murray bounce back <laughs> season. Let's go. Okay, quickly, guys. We're oh, we're. In the sixth round, which is our last round together. So before we bring in the next group at the midway point, I want to hear from all of you guys quickly on six rounds in, halfway home, how you're feeling about the, the roster. Dan, we'll start with you. Then we'll go to Jared. I, I feel like this has been a very interesting draft. So the way that's unfolded, you know, having to wait for a big man, I, I didn't want to have to wait this long uh, for Jakob Pertl, but um, I feel pretty good about the team. I think I have a pretty evenly balanced roster. I definitely need to address steals and blocks towards the end of this draft. But mm-hmm. otherwise, I feel pretty good about the way this is uh, shaping out for me. So you've got Kate Cunningham, Devin Booker, Josh Giddy, Kevin Durant, Chris Tapps, Porzingis, and as Jared knows all too well, Jakob Pertl. <laughs> Jared, going to your roster now, which I can't find. There it is. Uh, nope, that's not it. This is it. You are sitting on James Harden, Bradley Beal, Fred Van Vliet, OG Ananobi, Jared Allen and Jamal Murray. Your thoughts, sir? I'm most excited that I got Jared Allen because as we're seeing, as I keep saying, uh, the bigs are an issue. So I reached for him in round three, but I'm absolutely fine with that. Um, He was pretty much a top 20 player all last season. Uh, I think that he can get better this year, a little bit more blocks, a little bit more rebounds, uh, potentially more scoring to start the year with Evan Mobley on the sidelines. Uh, So I was really happy with that. Uh, I think that James Harden could be a huge bounce back player this year. Uh, He's looked to be in fantastic shape, which we haven't been able to say in previous preseasons. And I really like Fred Van Vliet. He's my man. I know that you like him, Uh, Matt. uh, He's just going to give me elite dimes, elite steals. Like I got a lot of dimes on this team and then sneaking Murray there uh, in round six you know, you could consider that a bit of a reach, but I am pretty bullish on him having a, a huge bounce back here. All right. So, Jay, you've got Jordan Poole, Paul George, Giannis, DeMar DeRozan, Bam, Aiton. Quickly, your thoughts before we all say goodbye. 
Yeah, happy to get Jordan Poole there at the end because the team was a bit light on shooting and some kind of secondary assist uh, type of profile. So I think Poole's going to have a monster year. I think that he is, um, you know what, I'm going to take six-man candidates back-to-back. I'm going to go Tyler Hero as well here with this pick. Okay. Um, we got a bonus and I pick. Think that, yeah, I like it. I think Jordan Poole is, I think he has the potential, probably not this year and with this environment, but he could be a top 10 offensive player in the NBA with the amount of skill that he has. Uh, So I think that some of that will surface this year. I think he'll win six man of the year and be extremely efficient in the process. All right. Uh, Jay, before we say bye to you, anything you want to promo, where can people find you? Uh, so it's at CrouchJD on Twitter, uh, the co-host of the Fantasy Football Happy Hour with Matthew Berry, uh, which is on almost every day uh, except for Saturday. Uh, so that's the main stuff going on. All right. Uh, Dan, what about you? Where can we find yeah, you? You can find me uh, at Dan Titus. I'll be continuing to pump out a lot of pre-draft content. So stay locked in to Yahoo Sports. Make sure you play on Yahoo Sports. And uh, yeah, you can find me there and uh, more things to come playing on Yahoo Sports as we are, in fact, doing right now. Jared, we mentioned the draft guide earlier. Can you give us one piece of content to uh, to mention? Piece of content? I don't uh, know. Tell us about the draft guide, man. Say something about the draft, uh, draft Jared Allen. I think he's going to have an incredible season. Bigs are uh, going to be hard to come by this season. I think he's one of the best bigs out there. All right. Jay, Jared, Dan, thanks, guys. Been a blast having you on. We are halfway home here, six rounds down, six to go. Our third group features Josh Lloyd from Basketball Monster, Jonas Nader from Roto World, and Kurt Heelan from NBC Sports. First of all, Josh, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, you're up absurdly early to uh, join us here. Am I right? Is it, is it an unsightly hour for you? It is currently 6.15 a.m., so yeah, it's pretty early. That's early. I've never it been is. awake that early in, in my entire yeah. life. I, I don't recommend it. It's, uh, it's, not, it's not the worst, but it is dark outside, so that's never a great idea to be waking up when it's still pitch black. Sure. Kurt, you, uh, you, you set off some excitement when you got LeBron 20th. My basketball senses, he's still really good at this. Dude was averaging 30 points a game uh, up until the injury. I got him and Joel Embiid, but this league does – you do get points for, for uh, load management, right? Absolutely, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a few guys in there that, I, but I still think LeBron's at the end of the day, there's going to be still so much load on him in Los Angeles. I think he's going to put up numbers. Jonas, you have also set off yes. with some of your picks. Yes. That was Alperin Shangun, 49th, Evan Mobley, 25th. Yes. Tell us about your aggressive draft strategy. Yeah, yeah I love saying, I'm taking him top 50 every single time. We got to have you hop out, bud. Okay. So, gentlemen, uh, as you heard, Apologies to everyone's ears. A little, a little bit of audio difficulties there. Uh, Josh, you're picking yes. right now, I believe, right? What, tell us I, what you're I am. I, well, I'll tell you what I'm thinking. I'm going to draft Kevin Porter Jr. right here. I am obviously aggressively drafting guards in this, uh, in this draft, trying to load up on assists. And I've got enough free throw percentage that if this guy decides he still can't shoot free throws, I'm going to be okay with that. So I might as well just chuck him in there. I'm desperately going to need some forwards in my next couple of picks, but... I'll grab the uh, one of the only remaining players who can actually get you know, six or seven assists a game that's uh, left on the board, I think. All right, so you have you have Lamella Ball, Kyrie Irving, Donovan Mitchell, Lowry Markinen, Nikola Vucevic, Jalen Brunson, Kevin Porter Jr. Josh, if I think there's one player on there that I would be intrigued to hear you give a sales pitch for, that would be Lowry Markinen. So let's hear okay. it. All right, Leo, I, I don't particularly think Larry Markkinen's this great player or anything like that, but on a team that's bad, which he's on, 
Um, he's going to get shots. He's going to shoot threes. He's going to grab some rebounds, and he's going to get every opportunity. We saw him do this two, three years ago on a pretty bad Chicago team, and he was mm-hmm. about this level of a fantasy player. I'd say he's better than what he was then. And even last year on a good Cavs team where he was sort of marginalized, rightfully so, on offense, he was still solid enough. And I just think that, you know, get two, three, four extra shots a game. He's going to score and he's going to do that you know, relatively well and fit exactly what I need, a a big man eligible player who you know, puts up guard sort of stats with some points and threes and some good free throw percentage. So, Kurt, your roster currently, Zach Levine, Jalen Green, LeBron James, Joel Embiid, DeMontis Sabonis, John Collins, and the rookie, Paolo Bancaro. I'm kind of shocked, Kurt, that you only have one L.A. guy so far. i got to be honest with you, first of all. I was thinking about Paul George for a bit and then, uh, then talked myself out of it a few rounds ago. And, and, and Okay. Then, so I, right now, I, I keep looking at this thinking, you know what I should get is a point guard. Maybe, maybe I should mix one of those in. So I think that's got to be next for me. But I... I, by the way, I, there's a couple of guys. I think Ben Carroll's going to – it's good numbers on a bad team guy, and he's going to have a uh-huh. ball. Like, I think he's a sneaky good pick, and, you know, we'll see who else. I, I got to – like I said, I got to find a point guard. Josh, where are you on Ben Carroll as a, as a fantasy guy this year? Are you on board? In the right spot, which I think you know, Kurt was in the right spot with taking him there. Yeah, I think that's about the right area. I think he's going to score pretty well. I think he's out of position assists, which I don't even know if they're out of position anymore, but he's going to get pretty good assists. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The problem I have a little bit with him, but you got to watch is you know efficiency stuff. Like he's not a terrible free throw shooter, but I think he's going to take a lot of them, and he might be at like 72, 73 percent. And he's probably going to lack a little bit in defensive stats, which keeps him away from top fifty stuff. But in this area, look, he's going to be, I would imagine, you know, sort of a, a hub for this team, and that's only going to increase as the season moves forward. Quickly, I want to hear you on this as well, Josh. Gary Trent Jr. is a player I can't figure out why he's falling so far in drafts. I know there's a little bit of uncertainty about his role, but I mean, he was a top 40 guy last year, averaged almost two steals a game and three three-pointers a game. I mean, ADP on Yahoo is 90. Uh, are you surprised by that? No, I, I'm not. I, well, let's rephrase it. I wouldn't pick him there. I, I am really down on Gary Trent. I tend to look at guys who have outlier one season, massive mm-hmm. jumps to become top three in a total category in the NBA. I go, oh, is that going to sustain considering he never did it before and he was pulling yeah. in like ridiculous amount of steals. And if he doesn't get steals, what does he do? He scores 17 points on 40% shooting with no rebounds, no assists, no blocks, doesn't get to the free throw line ever. So like if it, and I hear a lot from Raptors people that, at some point, they're probably going to start pressures at Chua, and that means one guy's going to the bench. And it's Gary Trent, so I, I don't see, I don't see him getting to last year's numbers. I don't see upside to get better from last year's numbers. I see just a ton of downside. And when you're in a situation where you're relying so heavily on generating a bunch of steals, if they don't come, yeah, what else is going on? I, I agree. I don't know what. I think his role is just in general going to shrink this year. <laughs> that is a team loaded with six four to six nine switchable long guys. And he just could be the guy that doesn't have a chair when the music stops. Interesting. All right. Well, you guys have, you guys get just came pretty close to talking me out of him. I, I just, I just, I, I, I could be, I could be wrong. I, I was wrong yeah. on him last season, but yeah, I don't think anybody expected him to almost lead the league in steals. That sort of came out of nowhere. And they do lack guards and they lack shooting. So if they right. need that, he he's there. But if they do make a move for a center, it's not Barnes or Siakam or Ananobi or Van Vliet who's going to the bench. I'm pretty sure. I think it's going to be Trent, considering their bench guard depth consists of literally nobody. So if I mean, they're going to move some of them, it's probably him to be some guard depth off the bench. What we do know is that if he is starting, whoever is starting, you're going to want them 
in fantasy because Nick Nurse cannot stop playing his starters. Just ridiculous minutes. <laughs> uh, Kurt, you just made your, let's see, round eight pick. And there's a guy by the name of Colin Sexton. Talk us, talk us through it. Well, uh, not only gives me the point guard I was looking for, but like he's, I think, going to be closer to the guy he was a couple of years ago before mm-hmm. Darius Garland stepped up in Cleveland. Where, I mean, Who's getting the ball in Utah? They don't want to yeah. play Conley. Eventually, they're going to trade everybody worth mentioning, including possibly marketing. Like They don't want to win a lot of games. And if you want to lose a lot of games but stay relevant, I'd like you to meet Colin Sexton. <laughs> he's gonna put up numbers for you and but not really win a lot of games i just i think they're gonna give him the ball a lot this year can i introduce you to my friend colin sexton here he is he's gonna he's gonna 20 plus points per game uh josh are you on board with that logic when it comes to sexton yeah it's it's almost the same reason that i took larry marketing like right. they're gonna go out there they're gonna put up points it's gonna look exciting and they're not gonna lead to winning because their defense is suspect their ball movement is suspect but they score points and that can sometimes be something to get people uh interested and they're young enough to do it so yeah I, i'm all i'm all aboard colin sexton this this season from a fantasy perspective from a real life perspective yeah maybe not so much yeah right if in the real world would i trade for him yeah, probably not <laughs> right <laughs> the fantasy right. setup yeah, definitely a divide there. Um, an interesting pick just went off the board a minute ago to Steve Alexander, and that's Trey Jones uh, of the Spurs. Josh, this is a guy who was pretty good in his fill instance as a starter last year, around 13 points, four and a half boards, seven and a half assists in his 11 starts last year. Do you like Trey Jones to maybe not quite hit those numbers, but provide some late round value as a point guard after the top ones are off the board? Yeah, like why can't he hit those numbers? Why can't he exceed those numbers? Like th- there is a there is a huge gap in this rotation. Um, he's actually the only point guard on this team. Like they can tell us that Josh Primo is going to be a point guard, but he's not. Yeah. He's definitely not yet. Um, the only issue with Jones is like he is a putrid three-point shooter and he never takes them. But everything else is really good. I- I've seen Trey Jones go e- even earlier than this. It's hard to find a locked-in starting point guard who might give you seven assists a game and give you one point right. two, one point five steals. It's it's totally a strong pick there. If not, yeah, you know, going maybe around too late in some situations. Yeah, I mean, look, the three pointers. If there's a category that's easy to make up in fantasy these days, mm-hmm. it's threes, right? Yep. Is there's just so uh, many guys that you can find who hit two and a half threes? They don't do anything else, but they're they're, they're everywhere and they pop up all the time. Speaking of which, Buddy Heald went 98. Uh, Kurt, <laughs> you, I got to say, by the way, I, we haven't mentioned it. I think you have the best team name. You know, that Yahoo default names your teams, you know, uh, Josh's, you know, solid team, whatever. Well, Josh Lloyd's is Josh Lloyd. But Kurt, your enthusiasm, you've, you've, uh, you took a big swing and I like it. I think I, it landed. I think, yeah, I, I was just, when I was logging in, I'm like, oh, I can change the team name and, and uh, had been actually doing something looking at some Steve Kerr stuff uh, and Warrior stuff, I'm like, and I, I'm way behind on that show and just starting to catch up. And like, so I'm like, hey, why not? This is my chance. So it, just, it all kind of came together in my head and I went with it. Kurt, right, why, well, didn't you go with, why didn't you go with Kurt, your enthusiasm? I, I know. Uh, I know. I, it, was so, it was so close. I know. Steve Kerr is slightly more known than me, is my guess. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but how else are you going to get more known? Let's just put your name in, in lights like this. I know. It's a good note from Josh. I think we should consider it, Kurt. After the draft, uh, let's think that. about changing. I will take let's that. think about changing that. But first, let's think about your pick. Number 101. Oh, wow. Now, th- this one, I'm just going to come out and say I love this. You oh, took Clint Capella 101st. I'll let you give the sales pitch, but if you don't, I will. Yeah, I, I would love to hear what you think. I, I, this seems a little low for a guy who just 
look, obviously Trey and DeJounte are, are have got the ball in their hands, but he's one of those guys who just finds a way to get points. He's going to get rebounds. He just finds a way to kind of be part of it and make things happen. I was a little surprised he was still on the board uh, at this point. Yeah. I think he's just a guy who kind of fills a lot of categories in a fantasy sense. And by the way, after, so five picks after on Yeka, Kongwu, and look, yeah. I love Okongwu as a player. I think Okongwu oh, yeah. has a ton of a ton of upside. You know, I see it. I get it. But, I mean, Clint Capella is still the starter in Atlanta. And his last year kind of got derailed by, you know, he had a, a PRP injection, I think, in his Achilles before the season. Started super slow. The three years prior, this guy was a top 25 fantasy guy. Last year, you know, he has an off year. Oh, and he's, like, in the top 70. So, even if you're only getting that version of him, I mean, it's a great pick at 100, and I've been taking him earlier than that, so so I'm on board, and I think he should absolutely be going for Okongwu, who's his backup. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm, I'm saying Okongwu might have that job, starting job by the end of the season, but for our purposes here, like you know, long term, I'm betting on Okongwu, but not not in this fantasy. I'll, I'll take I'll take those points. Josh Lloyd, your final pick of the ninth round is your final pick. We'll all be making together. What's it going to be? All right, I'm going to make it, and you can tell me why it's – and I'm not a fan of this guy, but why is Julius Randle still here at pick 104? Yeah, yeah it's good. Yeah. Like, I, I, know, I know he's frustrating. I know he's one of the most – actually, probably a top three worst player for me to watch in the NBA. I just hate how he <laughs> plays. <laughs> but sure. What are we doing here? We're at 103, and uh, Hawks' backup centers are going. Oh, sorry, Jonas. I know you're not here to defend us with your bad microphone or defend yeah. yourself. <laughs> What's going on? Why is Julius Randle still around? ADP 66 on Yahoo. So, I mean, yeah, it, it isn't like 104, like his floor probably with how much he's going to have the ball. I was going to pick someone else. I had someone else in my queue there. And then I looked down and went, oh, what am I doing? Like, why is Julius Randle still here? Like this, it do, I, I don't like the guy, but you got to take the value yeah. at that spot. Yeah. I think, he, I think he'll bounce back a little this year. I don't, he can't be as bad as last year, right? Can't be. The only way is if he gets benched, and we know who his coach is, so that's pretty unlikely. Yeah, it's a pretty unlikely. He's a, in fact, he's going to rack up league-leading minutes if his coach has anything to say about it. Yeah, <laughs> I mentioned Nick Nurse. Tom Thibodeau's like, hold my hold my beer with these starters minutes. Uh, listen, we're going to wrap with with us here. I want to hear your quick impressions about your squads overall after nine picks, three quarters of the way home. Uh, first, you, Kurt. So far, I, I've got like I like my bigs. I think that you know I've got a John Collins at the. I, it's weird how they rank this. John Collins at the five and Embiid is a power forward. Fine, uh, however you wish to play that. But I, I think I've got up front. I've got a lot of guys. I should be able to get rebounds. I should be able to get some defense. And uh, yeah. when uh, Collins Sexton blows everybody's doors off, I'm good. Kurt, you can flip flop Collins and Embiid's positions at the same time that you're changing your team name to Kurt. Your enthusiasm, okay. uh, so, so you can t- t- multitask there. Uh, Josh, quickly your uh, your final impressions on your squad. I'm pretty happy with how I was able to build it. Like I, I started with Lamelo, so I was like, all right, let's let's really try and build up some assists and some small ball type of guys. And I, most of the guys that I wanted fell to me with a couple of little surprises, like Julius Randle there. I had a PJ Washington pick in there as well, who I like is, I think, set for a pretty big bump in minutes mm-hmm. with Miles Bridges unlikely yeah. to be there. Yeah, I'm, I'm happy with how it worked out. I think my team looks relatively strong. Josh, anything you want to mention? Where can we find you before we get out of here? Just search Josh Lloyd or Locked On Fantasy Basketball. And of course, uh, at basketballmonster.com. You can find me in all of those places. Um, yeah, it, it, easy to find. Awesome. And Kurt, how about you? Uh, pretty easy to find too. Uh, it's at Basketball Talk on Twitter and uh, NBC Sports NBA page. It's it, I will be there when the, 
By the way, if you're watching some fun, I'm having really good conversations every week now with uh, Corey Robinson, uh, the former Notre Dame wide receiver, but also David's kid. Grew up around basketball, knows it really well. We're having some fun videos. So. David Robinson, maybe you've heard of him. Uh, guys, this was fun. Uh, enjoyed it. RIP to Jonas's microphone. Kurt, Josh, thanks, guys. Uh, good luck the last few rounds. Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play at Walt Disney World Resort. In the California Road Trip Republic, we believe you take adventure for a ride. Whether coastal cruising, mountain motoring, or redwood roaming, discover beauty around every turn. Your California road trip can kick off from anywhere. Starting route. But it should always start at visitcalifornia.com. Then buckle up, crank those tunes, and ride with us in the California Road Trip Republic. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. All right, our final group is coming in here to draft final three rounds. It's Raphael Johnson from Roto World. It's Dan Bezbris from Sports Ethos. And Drew Dinkmeyer from Established to Run is back with us. I believe he missed last year. So, Drew, uh, great to have you back, first of all. And how has the how has the old draft been going for you so far? It's been it's been going all right. I'm taking a lot of injury risk that I, you know, wasn't super excited about taking, but kind yeah. of just picking off value where it falls and and you know, hope the guys stay healthy. But you know, it is what it is. So your your roster, top to bottom, so far: Chris Paul, Desmond Bain, D'Angelo Russell, Jason Tatum, injury risk: uh, Anthony Davis, Chris Middleton, Robert Williams, Michael Porter Jr., Isaiah Hartenstein, Monty Morris, Dan Bezbris. Welcome back. I think you may actually, for those watching on video, you may actually be putting picks from this draft on that draft board behind you. <laughs> While the draft is happening, those are this is today's draft right behind you. Oh, yeah, there's definitely no codes heading in this thing. Like, I definitely didn't do the Charlie Day board behind me on, on anything. It's from 2020, but otherwise, you see my bedroom. So, I think this is better. There you go. Uh, so Dan, how are you feeling about your squad so far? Trey Young, Drew Holiday, Damian Lillard, Keldon Johnson, Franz Wagner, RJ Barrett, Isaiah Jackson, Terry Rozier, Gary Trent Jr., Marcus Smart. We've been talking about your players a lot recently, actually. I went completely undan in almost every way in this draft. I started small and then I just leaned into it. I actually drafted my first center here in the 10th round. So it ended up oh, being wow. like a punt center build. Uh, and I figured I had enough free throw percent to cover up RJ Barrett. So I went for the scoring late. I got a, a, a couple things here I need to fill out in these last few flyer picks. We'll see how those go. I, I I think Josh took Julius Randle. He was going to be my like low free throw percent big who gets assists right before it got back to me there. But this is a very weird team. I have no idea how this is going to work out. It's not how I would draft in Roto, but we're leaning into a very small build. I like it. Uh, Raph, uh, your roster topped bottom. DeJounte Murray, Mikel Bridges, Clay Thompson, Jimmy Butler and his spectacular updated headshot, uh, Carl Anthony Towns, Zion <laughs> Williamson, Jonas Valanciunas, 
Keegan Murray, Tobias Harris, Mitchell Robinson, regrets, uh, victory laps. Where, where are you with the team, Raph? I'm pretty much punting three-pointers at this stage. Um, I know I have Clay, uh, Tobias, and Keegan Murray, I think, can be solid as well. But, I mean, between the three-pointers and the need for another point guard, I'm kind of scraping the bottom of the barrel here these last couple rounds. But I'm, I feel pretty good about the bigs. You know, Mitchell's going to help with free, uh, field goal percentage. you got Towns, obviously. And I think Zion Williamson is going to have a huge year. Like He's a guy that I was targeting. I was hoping these guys wouldn't take him before I came back on the board in round four, and thankfully they did not do that. Drew, are you on board with the with the Zion Renaissance this year? I feel like I'm I'm the the Zion pessimist amongst all okay. the people that I talk to in in the fantasy space. I will say like fourth round is is totally reasonable, um, but sometimes he gets into the, like the second third round, and at that point I just feel like the health risk. Uh, outweighs the the potential upside on Zion. But fourth round, I mean, he was right there for me. I, I have him as like the 40th ranked player overall. So I think I'm a little mm-hmm. bit lower than the field on him. Uh, we have Desmond Bain in the top 30. So that, it was a tough choice for me. But I think Zion, when he wins that, is going to make me look really stupid. But I think Bain wins <laughs> that like 75% of the time. All right. So I want to talk. We're, we're in the late rounds here. So let's, let's talk late round guys. Um, Drew... Sticking with you for a second, I know, Raph, you like this guy as well, Monte Morris. Uh, not to say you have to go overboard with a Monte Morris sales pitch, but tell us about the appeal of him as a late-round guy to you. Especially in nine-cat leagues, he just, you know, the count of assist-to-turnover ratio is maybe the best nickname that has ever graced the fantasy basketball <laughs> landscape. And he just really fit well. It's tough to get point guards and assists late. I really don't think there's a lot of competition there in summer league and i don't think he's really a true point guard monty morris just earns the affection of coaches with the way he plays so i think he's gonna stick to the starting role that he had basically last year in denver with a washington team that allows a little bit more ball handling from the guards i mean monty was really the secondary playmaker for denver last year with Jokic. so i really thought he was you know great value in the 10th round ref Wow, what's Tobias Harris at 106? What is what is going on here? I mean, I know he's not, I know he's not the most exciting guy to draft yeah. these days, but man, 106. Yeah, I'm glad he was there for me. I think that that's a bit of an overreaction to how he struggled last season. Once they added James Harden, I think having a full off season working together with him, Tyrese Maxey, Embiid, kind of figuring out how he's going to be able to get his offense. Um, so I think he's going to be a bit more than just a catch and shoot guy for them. And even so, they're going to need three-point shooting. So I think I don't expect Tobias to be on on level on par where he was like before the trade to Philadelphia, where he was closing in on an all-star spot. But I think he's going to be really good for them. So 106, I think that's really good draft value for him. Dan, how do you feel about uh, R.J. Barrett, who you got a couple picks after Tobias Harris at 108? You're shaking your head before you've even said a word. Yeah, I mean, he's never, he's not somebody that I would target in almost any format ever, but I uh, I have a ton of free throw shooting, particularly at the top of the draft, but actually kind of littered throughout with Trey, with Dame. Uh, I'm basically punting field goal percent by having no center. So the things that R.J. is truly bad at I think my team can kind of weather that storm uh, and deal with it. So it's really, at this point, it's all about how he's fitting on a very strange team build. But if I didn't have all of those free throw guys, and if I wasn't ignoring field goal percent, I wouldn't touch him with a 150-foot pole at this point. <laughs> we, was, was, we, that, was that positive enough? <laughs> I think it's clear. I think that was clear. Uh, Bones Highland went 125th, Drew. I, I'm a little bit 
concerned about how crowded it seems there, not so much the talent. Where are you on on Bones and his outlook? Yeah, I had a more pessimistic outlook just because I know Mike Malone takes it, you know, slow with the younger players. And Ish Smith is another guy that earns veterans, uh, earns coaching staff's trust. Um, But one of the beats had a really aggressive minutes projection on Bones. So I've kind of moved him up and and gotten there a little bit more throughout the season. But I think him and like Emmanuel quickly are guys that you, you see the flashes and the upside, but the path to the big playing time requires a couple different things to go right. And so Good permanent producers, uh, you know, maybe useful on the nights that Jamal has to sit on back-to-backs and different stuff like that. But the big breakout, I think, is tough to really envision this year. Raph, I saw Cam Johnson went 129th, and I think I saw a visible uh, reaction from you. Is that what happened there? That's exactly what happened. Yeah. Yeah, so no, tell us about it. About tell that. us about your feelings um, right now. <laughs> You're going to talk this out, right? Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I think doing. he's in line for a breakout year in Phoenix. Um, he was a top 100 player last season in nine cat. Now he's starting again, Jay Crowder out of there. Um, and also something else that's worth mentioning for him and Mikhail Bridges, they're talking more about having those guys serve as playmakers, take a little bit off the shoulders of Chris Paul and Devin Booker. Maybe we see a slight boost in the assist category, but I just think overall the increased opportunities to be with that first unit, something's going to help Cam out considerably. Yeah, I was, upset that he, I was upset he went yeah, to ahead, just for whatever that's worth. I thought he might make it back to me there. It got pretty close, uh, yeah. not quite. So I'm pivoting, actually, as we speak to someone that's, in my mind, kind of in a similar spot where somebody's out in front of him. In Phoenix, it was a guy that asked out. A little different situation in Charlotte, but Kelly Oubre Jr., kind of a late-round swing type. Uh, and then I guess I have my last pack pick here, so I can even talk it through while it's happening. Uh, I'm hoping he gets back quickly. I'm hoping he gets back quickly, uh, and that is Markel Fultz. So take a shot here at the end and and see what happens. Drew, you are now on the clock. You just took Benedict or Ben Matherin. I'm not sure which one we're calling him. Let's, let's go with Benedict because that's what Yahoo has gone with. So tell us about your feelings on that pick and uh, your pick you're about to make right now. Yeah, I'm just I'm shooting for a pure upside at the end of the draft at this point. So, you know, I, I just took Lou Dort to close things out. Uh, the the hope here is potential strong start to the season with SGA sidelines. So it can get mm-hmm. me some short term production because I do have some holes to fill early in the season. It's unclear if Chris Middleton will be uh, available in the first week of the season. Robert Williams is not going to be available for a while. So just kind of trying to bake in some some upside uh, with SGA likely missing early time in the season. And then, you know, Benny Matherin is just a shot on upside on a rookie that has a clear path to a lot of playing time and little competition in an Indiana team that, you know, should be in the Victor Wembenaya, uh, Wembenyama uh, tank fest this year. We all are in the Victor Wembanyama <laughs> tank fest after the other night. I, I'm tanking just like in life, just, like <laughs> watching that guy play, watching that performance. It's, everyone's tanking. We're all. Does tanking. it count if I'm accidentally tanking at life? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, you because you can get those odds, Dan. What is it, 14 percent? Whatever that it could happen for you too. Uh, by the way, a little bit of a headline here: Benny Matherin. You threw that one in there, Drew. So maybe it's not Benedict or Ben. Maybe it's I mean, I'm just going with Benny. I I, I, I don't know if he prefers Benedict or Ben, yeah. but I'm just rolling with it because he's a part of the team now. He's a part of the family. So I like it. With the nickname with Benny. Splitting the difference. I like it a lot. Raph, you took James Wiseman there to close out your draft. Your thoughts? Yeah, these guys are talking about taking a swing at the end of the draft. I, 
I think James Wiseman is the epitome of that. Um, sure. Didn't play at all last season. Very limited in his rookie season in terms of numbers of games played. He looked good in Japan. I try not to put too much stock into that, but you know he's yeah. going to be coming off the bench. Kevin Looney. That's a team that's built to win a championship. Obviously, they did it last year. I think some of the younger guys are going to be asked to step up, like the dog days of midseason, and that's where I think James can potentially shine fantasy wise. He looked good in Japan. Is like James the first line of James Wiseman's bio currently? It's been yeah. so long since we saw him play. <laughs> um, okay, we're uh, we're coming down the home stretch here, uh, and I want to get final thoughts from you guys in a second. But I do want to ask about this guy. Does anyone have any? Uh, well, strong feelings might be uh, too strong of a classification, but any feelings at all about Tari Eason? Because this guy really got my attention, Drew, during summer league. D- do you think there's potential yeah. here? I'm a really big fan of Tari Eason. Uh, he just does everything on the court. He's super aggressive. He, I mean, he does so much that he fouls like crazy as well. But he's one of these guys that there's there's a logjam of playing time right now in that in that front court. But you look a little bit deeper in the season. You know, Kenny Martin Jr. had a trade request. Maybe that gets met. Um, maybe Eric Gordon gets shipped off at some point during the season. And Tari Eason. I mean, he was a guy that I, I really thought should have been going kind of late lottery and ended up falling into the teens. And he's just, from a fantasy perspective, going to do it all. I, I comped him to a little bit like of a poor man's Ron Artest. Um, I don't think he has quite the offensive game, but just defensively, he hounds everybody and is super active. Really, really big fan of him and Roto. Nice. All right, guys, so that's the end of the 12 rounds. Io Desunmu was Mr. Irrelevant to Jonas's team. Pretty interesting pick there, actually. I want to... Go through quickly before we say goodbye, guys. Each of your uh, squads, Dan Besbris. I know you said you're tanking at life, but I mean, <laughs> let, let's hear let's hear about your your team. How do you feel about it as the dust has settled here? Yeah, I think uh, one thing that I did better this season than last year was draft uh, healthier, and you can't predict that to uh, a perfect degree. But if you're going to win it head to head, you kind of need your guys to actually be out there playing games uh, and. You know, with, with the exception of perhaps Dame in the second round, we don't know exactly how he's going to look coming sure. back from injury here. Uh, overall, I feel pretty good about the guys taking the floor. And so leaning into this very weird punt center build, if my guys play, I think I'm in really good shape to win 5-4 basically every single week and probably never lose worse than 4-5. So if a 500 team or like a team six games over 500 can slip into the playoffs. I got a pretty good shot actually to go all the way from there. All right. So it's Trey Young, Drew Holiday, Damian Lillard, Keldon Johnson, Franz Wagner, RJ Barrett, Isaiah Jackson, Terry Rozier, Gary Trent, Marcus Smart, Kelly Oubre, and Markel Fultz. All right. Uh, Raf, your squad is DeJounte Murray, Mikel Bridges, Clay Thompson, Jimmy Butler, Carl Anthony Towns, Zion, Valanchunas, Keegan Murray, Tobias Harris, Mitchell Robinson, Russell Westbrook, and James Wiseman. Your thoughts? I'm going to be trying to trade for a point guard or picking one up off the waiver wire. Um, I like DeJounte Murray, but after that, obviously the only other one is Russell Westbrook, and who knows what's going to happen there. I think basically what's holding him in L.A. right now is that price tag of over $47 million. So maybe he starts, maybe he doesn't, but either way, you know, that's a guy who could potentially torpedo your field goal percentage. So... I like the, the death of my centers um, and the forwards as well, but point guard spot is what concerns me in the aftermath of this. All right, Drew, it's Chris Paul, Desmond Bain, D'Angelo Russell, Jason Tatum, Anthony Davis, Chris Middleton, Robert Williams, MPJ, Hartenstein, Monty Morris, Benny Matherin, and Lugens Dort. Uh, your thoughts on the squad? 
Yeah, I think I took the exact opposite approach of Dan. You know, Dan's talking about having healthy guys that are going to be there to play and win head-to-head battles. I'm going to need some good injury luck to get through the season when you're starting out with Middleton banged up, Robert Williams banged up, Michael Porter Jr. and Anthony Davis on the team. That's a core with a lot of injury risk, but if it's all right, I think I have as much upside as any team in the league, which drafting towards the back end of the, the first round of the draft, I think you kind of need to take some of those risks to make up mm-hmm. for the lack of access to guys like Jokic or Giannis that the top top half guys have. Will this be the seemingly 15th consecutive year that Chris Paul is taken in like the third round and ends up as like a top 15 <laughs> fantasy guy? I can't wait to find out. Dan's giving a thumbs up. He says oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, so, guys, before we say goodbye, uh, anything you want to promote? Anything you want to promote? I know how to say that word. Uh, Drew, we'll hit you first. Uh, you can follow me at Drew Dinkbar on Twitter and follow all of our NBA content, specifically the DFS uh, side of things over at EstablishTheRun.com. Dan? Yeah, I mean, similar Twitter, at Dan Vespris, which I just realized is actually printed on the board behind me too. What great work I did there uh, with Sports Ethos. And please check out my daily pod. It's called Fantasy NBA Today, which is the least creative name of all time. But darn it, it's easy to find. <laughs> Raph, anything you want to mention, draft guide or otherwise? Um, adding another mock draft to the draft guide tonight. Uh, did a 12-round, nine-cat nine head-to-head draft on Sunday. So some interesting findings from that one. All right. Raph, Drew, Dan, thank you guys. That was a blast. This is the end of our 12 rounds. A quick reminder before we go that with the basketball season almost here, you can get a jump start on your draft with the Roto World Fantasy Draft Guide. Get player profiles, expert rankings, mock drafts, and more. Use code HOOPS5 at checkout and get yours for just $5. Go to NBCSportsEdge.com slash Edge Plus today. And don't forget to check us out on the Round Ball Stew podcast on our YouTube channel or wherever you listen to podcasts. I want to say thanks again to all of our experts for drafting. Thanks to all of you for watching and for our entire Roto World crew. I am Matt Straub. We'll talk to you soon. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. What do eight bags of concrete mix, a cooler full of 30-pound sea bass, and a 10-inch compound miter saw have in common? They're all things that are easier to load in and out of the bed of the new F-150. Thanks to its new available pro-access tailgate, that's also a swing gate. The new 2024 Ford F-150, tough this smart, can only be called F-150. Available starting early 2024, pro-access tailgate available starting spring 2024, cargo and load capacity limited by weight and weight distribution.